My name is Owen Walsh, and this is the Brussels Beer City Podcast. Each week, a fascinating Brussels resident invites me, your host, to their favorite Brussels bar, where, over a drink or two, we talk about the importance of the bar to our guest, their relationship to Brussels, what they love, what they hate, and why they couldn't live anywhere else. Surya Cherfi is the editor-in-chief of Vice Belgium and the founder of Piste Mademoiselle, a pluridisciplinary events organizer promoting female artists in Brussels. She specializes in culture, women's and LGBTQ rights, and music. At a Japanese izakaya on the Brussels Canal, we talk about carving out a space for female performers in the Brussels music scene and the thrill of seeing them become successful and visible, why Surya ended up working at Vice, and how the freedom of Brussels shaped her into the person she is today. This interview took place before the COVID-19 lockdown and before the global anti-racist movement sparked by the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota. Surya, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, first question we always ask the guests, where are we? Uh, we are at Kumiko right now in Brussels. And why did you choose this place? I chose this place because this is where I started my project, uh, Psst Mademoiselle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so it's a platform promoting female artists in the cultural and music scene. Yep. And I had the very first sessions here downstairs in the uh, cave. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the first one was Blue Samu, actually, okay. who performed here. It was two, two years ago in Feb. And, uh, I mean, her career has taken off a lot in the last it did. 12 months, I mean, since then. And uh, maybe you can just tell a little bit about Peace Mademoiselle, what it is, and mm-hmm. the kind of work that you've been doing with it, and why, yeah. in fact, you decided to set it up. Um, so, I started Peace Mademoiselle when I, because I'm a journalist. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing interviews with artists a lot and it's a question that kind of came up a lot of time when I was interviewing female artists about like the balance in lineups and how they're not as present in the scene as Mm -hmm. don't get the same opportunities and there are not as many artists because it's just a reference system where you don't see enough women succeeding so you as a woman you're not encouraged to do the same yeah um and because I, I mean, I party a lot, I go out and I have a lot of friends organizing stuff as well. I've always been in that, in that circle and I was helping out friends organizing and then I thought, why not just joining those two uh, and create an event that also reflects what I'm interested in and what I want to fight for. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started it. Um, and since then, I mean, it's been growing quite a lot. Yep. We did, at the beginning, it was one session a month. Uh, so very often here at Kumiko um, and then I slowed down a bit and worked on more pluridisciplinary events Okay. so not only music sessions Mm -hmm. but also we had an exhibition we work on special scenography we work with themes a lot so develop a whole communication that's very coherent and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and, and what kind of feeling do you get then when you see acts that you would have worked with in your early days of the project go on to bigger things? Because quite a few of the people who you will have worked with, the women that you've worked with now, are quite present on the Brussels music scene. Uh, it makes me super happy because it's really the point. Um, I really want to 
create that platform so that they get visibility. I always make sure there's some press about it because I'm in the press world, so I have I can help them get more visibility on that too. And then when I mean when I see bookers coming to my events, people from the industry that's really it's not an industry event at all. Like mm -hmm. I want the audience to come and to have fun. It's more about that. But if they get more opportunities afterwards, it's really what I want to see. And another thing that makes me super happy is when I see women that I've booked at the same event or something, and then I see they create something together afterwards, which has happened quite a lot. So yep. it's beautiful to see those uh, collaboration starts. Um, that sounds like a full-time job, but your <laughs> actual full-time job is editor at Vice. Yeah. Um, you've been working there for about eight, nine months at this point, I think. Yeah. Well, you're actually not from Brussels, so you're from Liège. Yes. So maybe we can talk about your background a little bit. How did you end up in Brussels then? Um, so I wanted to move from Liège after my studies. Uh, I, I had some connections with Brussels because I used to dance a lot, and like a lot of my dance friends and teachers, they were from Brussels, so mm -hmm. we would come to Brussels to perform and stuff like that, and I really liked the vibe here. And I really wanted to get out of Liège because I thought it was too quiet <laughs> and not much happening. So I studied in Brussels afterwards, moved here. Uh, I did translations and journalism. Mm -hmm. And I stayed. So now it's been I've been here for more than 12 years, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it really opened... I really, yeah, I really became like the woman I am now in Brussels because I come from a more um, conservative family mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, and here I had the freedom to actually do what I want. Yep. And so, yeah, I wouldn't have been the same person if I'd stayed in Liège, I think. Yeah. And you said you've been living here more or less 12 years now. What is it that excites you? What is it that keeps you living in Brussels? What is it about the city that you enjoy? Um, the fact that there's so much happening every weekend, I think everybody feels free to like create your own project, start your own agency. I don't know, like the whole music and cultural scene is very vibrant. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of friends who have their own project ne next to a job, or an, and um, I think the whole scene is quite connected in a way. So that's really nice to. Mm -hmm feel free to do what you want but also to work together with other collectives and things like that that's very nice and also the mentality is super open I think yeah at least it's that bubble have you seen a change much or how have you seen a change in the last sort of even the last five to ten years you're saying that there's a lot happening now do you feel like that's new that there's a sort of a new movement going on or is that something that's always been there that kind of underground vibrancy I think it's it's become more and more accessible for people to do their own thing. Um, well, I've been here for 12 years. I don't think there was as much before in terms of parties and mm -hmm. uh, collectives and events. I mean, there's always been a vibrant scene, but I think it's now it's very more something that young people have appropriated. Um, it's really nice to see that like small collectives can organize their own exhibition. And it's not just the main institutions mm -hmm. that make Brussels what it is now. And I guess it has to do with a lot of things, like even social media help a lot. Like you can just create a project, put it on Instagram or Facebook, and yeah, build a community now. So it's much easier. 
Um, I mean, we're sitting at Kumiko now because obviously it has importance for you, but when you're not here and when you're not at work, which is even just around the corner, where do you like to hang out? Like, what's the neighborhoods that you hang out in the most and what kind of places do you like to go to, to party? Um, so um, I live in Forêt, okay. Um but I hang out in the center a lot. If I'm, I mean, in my neighborhood, I'd go to maybe Bar, um, Bar du Matin. Mm-hmm because it's really like around the corner <laughs> and it's a nice outdoors area in the summer. <laughs> and But if not, I'm much more... I go to Fontenas also mm-hmm. and I'm much more a party person. So like, <laughs> I don't, even if I don't go to bars, then I'll always end up at a party. It's sometimes C12, sometimes format now. Yeah. Um, or just parties organized by collectives like Chat Noir, Decor Atelier, or things like that. You say you're living in, in Forêt, in, in, in Vorst. Was that a conscious decision to move there? I mean, what attracted you to go and live in that part of Brussels? Well, you say you hang out most in the center. Would you like to live in the center, or do you think it's a little bit too crazy and it's nice to live uh, close to, close to the, the edge of the city? I uh, thought about it because I was thinking of maybe moving in mm-hmm. a bit of a yeah, soonish, though I'm really... I like Forst as well, but I think it's also nice for me to stay a bit outside of the center because to me the center is like a bit of that chaos that I like in the <laughs> weekends. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to be out of the chaos during the week and like have my little biovrac in front of the house mm. and <laughs> keep it quiet a bit. We were talking off mic just because it was just International Women's Day has just gone by. Um, how important is, you said you were quite busy over the weekend doing events and activities, obviously the work that you've done with Piss Mademoiselle about uh, forefronting women in the music industry, how important is that activism for you and how easy is that to do, I mean what's the community like for that in Brussels? Um, I think activism is very present in everything I do, also with Vice, because mm-hmm. I mean I've started working there in like 10, 10 months ago and I really, I think you can really feel that in my editorial line, activism is very present compared to what it was before. Yeah. Um, so I, I just believe that when, when you have a voice uh, that can be heard, you might as well use it to give a voice to people who need to get that voice. Yeah. Um, so I always try to spread messages with what I do and that's yeah it's important to me and I think it's the last few or even just the last year it has young people have really like started be more yeah activists like Mm -hmm. when you see what happens with the climate marches uh, I mean the women's march this weekend was super was incredible too although it was raining it was still <laughs> super powerful to see all these women shouting on the streets yeah. I think yeah I think a, a lot of fights and they are being really appropriated by young people now yeah. like the climate is really associated with young people now um, feminism is all over gender issues mm-hmm. I think it's very it's yeah I think there's been a shift for real and also their social media help because yep. there's a lot of new platforms and collectives who can spread their messages online and then come together in more like physical spaces also. And do you feel like Brussels is particularly 
good in that at the moment in bringing those different spaces together and giving women voices or is that mm-hmm. is Brussels just following in the stream of sort of a contemporary movement I think Brussels is leading uh, like Belgium at least um, but also because of course it's the capital city so there's yeah. more people doing stuff and more spaces we can use but I think when you look at the march this weekend there were more than 6,000 people in yeah. Brussels but only like a few hundreds in Antwerp or like there wasn't that many people but it's nice I mean it makes sense for the capital city to be an example and like be the leader mm-hmm. in that um, does that have something you think to do with the, the the youth of the I mean the city is getting younger at least the inner city anyway and there's a more uh, I say a m- greater acceptance of diversity well not always that that's not always necessarily the case but brussels is a hyper diverse place mm-hmm. and those kinds of conversations are naturally coming together you know yeah yeah for sure i think that's what like when you ask people what makes brussels special or what they notice when they move in it usually the one of the first thing they say it's diversity mm-hmm. um also when i have friends coming over from another uh, another country they're always like oh my god like it's the most diverse city I've, mm-hmm. I've ever seen um, it's like sometimes I, I almost forget about it because I'm just so used to it yeah but it's really it definitely has a huge impact on everything all the cultural aspects of Brussels are in, uh, influenced by that when mm-hmm. music or arts and yeah activism yeah um, but how do you how do you try and like what can you do in your position advice then to kind of push that message forward or like promote the kind of activity that either you're involved in mm-hmm. in your work in activism or the activism that you see from your friends and your and your colleagues? Well, we go to pretty much every march, um, interview the people there, ask there what what why they're here and what what are their reivindications, mm-hmm. why it's important to be there. So we spread. Like we give visibility to those to those uh, movements, mm-hmm. um, and in terms of besides those um, protests, also we try to interview people from minorities and mm-hmm. let them express what it's like for them to live their lives. So it can be anything. Like we did a piece about okay, what it's like for a non-binary person to date, for instance. Yep. Like. Um, yeah, just kind of give them a voice and share maybe frustrations that they that they have because society doesn't pay attention to those little details. But mm-hmm. actually, when you are non-binary, you don't experience the same the same things. And yeah, topics like that I find really important because it's when you don't know you you might like make mistakes in the way you behave with people. Like it's like those pronouns that like if you want to be called she or he, like yeah. it's just a way of um, being conscious about being aware and being careful about how you talk to people and things like that. And Vice is, I mean, it's a pretty well-known brand internationally, mm-hmm. but in Belgium it's relatively new. So what's it like yeah. working there also as somebody who's relatively new to the organization? Um, it's nice actually because so it's a huge company, mm. like you said, like... And uh, we have the, the advantages of having that huge structure and being able to... I'm in, con- in touch with the, the editors-in-chief like around Europe. Uh, we do big campaigns, EMEA projects. Um, 
translating content from one mm. another. So it's really like taking all those strengths and bringing it together. But on the other hand, here we're just seven people at the office. <laughs> so uh, we're not working in a 200 people office, yeah. like not communicating or things like that. So we really have like the advantage of being a small team, but also having the chance to bring yeah give life to major projects that we couldn't really do without the other offices for yeah. instance and i'm sure brussels is a great place for stories for vice yeah it's true it's not hard to come up with ideas and we also have great freelancers who come up with uh, great pitches so it's quite lucky so what have you enjoyed reporting on about brussels since you've started working for vice um i write a lot about identity music nightlife you know, we've been talking about what makes Brussels such an interesting and exciting place to live, but it's also it can also be quite a difficult city to live in sometimes. I mean, we're looking today at the pretty miserable weather outside, <laughs> which is getting everybody down. But if like what what gets you cross, what gets you angry about Brussels that you'd like to see change in, or that you think if there was one thing that you'd want to see different about the city, what would it be? Transports could be better. <laughs> I think for the price we pay. Uh, there should be more night transports, more uh, more lines. Also, like metro is not really is not a huge network. Um, mm. I think that could be better for sure. Would make because also it would prevent people from taking their cars all the time, and we wouldn't have such a bad air in Brussels. <laughs> um, so that's one thing for sure. Like in comparison to to Liège, for example, are there things that you see in Brussels that you think? be done better or sociocultural attitudes that you think well that's something that we can work on when you go abroad because I know you lived in Australia as well for a little yeah. while um, is, are there things that you would have experienced living in Sydney that you thought oh I never I never thought about that not being the same in Brussels but the more I think about it the more I think actually you know that's something that we could work on yeah um, well compared to Liège I wouldn't even complain about the transports <laughs> <laughs> much better here yeah um, then compared to Sydney um, Sydney is a much cleaner um, city it's true that Brussels sometimes is a bit dirty mm-hmm. um, and also you never get um, street harassment in Sydney I lived there for two okay. years and never had a single issue mm-hmm not one comment uh, and you can wear whatever you want like people just but it's just very different of well first of all it's like pretty much always summer there so everybody is always wearing <laughs> shorts and so yeah you kind of used to seeing people's body like nudity is much more um, just normal because you live by the beach so yeah. you see bodies all the time whereas here you have maybe one month <laughs> a year when you can show your legs. <laughs> so if we're lucky, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, here, of course, you get people who come from a different background and have another culture and are not used to seeing uh, women wearing short skirts and mm. things like that and have inappropriate um, reactions to that. But that's also. It's a part of living together, yeah. uh, and I'm not saying it's okay what they're doing, but it's... It. It's not a problem that's exclusive to Brussels. No, no, I think every big city where different cultures come together, it collapses sometimes, so yeah. it's a part of the deal, and I think a lot of 
things are being done, like Les Vies Tranquilles and the posters, and mm-hmm. it's also a very current debate. And um, so the fact that we talk about it, that we address this issue, I'm sure things can change and get better. I mean, you're not from here, but you've lived here for a long enough time to know and understand the city. If there was somewhere else that you could see yourself living, where would it be? What would it have to be like? I think I have two cities where I've been and I thought I could live here. Uh, Marseille. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? <laughs> well, it's sunny. <laughs> uh, people are super chill. I think there's, I don't know, I found there's some common thread between Belgian people and uh, people from Marseille. It's like very chill, no drama. Uh, probably even more there because they have the sun and they just mm. don't care. Yeah, and there's also that like we like that dirty aspect that we have in Brussels. They have it there too. I find. Yeah. It's very rough and yeah. Gritty. Yeah. So I like that. And culturally, it's less. There's less. There's less happening there, but mm-hmm. it also means that there's a lot we can do. Yeah. So it's interesting. And then Berlin, but that's a bit scary at the same <laughs> time. And also everybody moves to Berlin, so... But yeah, yeah. I think it's obvious why. Yeah, I mean, Berlin is a much... I mean, I go there quite frequently for work. Berlin is a much bigger city than Brussels. Yeah, know, yeah, like for sure. It's huge. Something we do, we're, al- we're almost done. Um, I'll give you an opportunity maybe to just plug uh, yourself, where, where people can find you, um, where people can find more information about Peace Mademoiselle and what's going on. Um, so, well, I don't have a website or anything official, but you can follow Mademoiselle on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then Vice Belgium, where I think we know the website. <laughs> uh, and for now, we don't have any event planned because I kind of want to have a break after this chaotic weekend <laughs> of women's rights. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'll be back soon in April or something um, with an event and... Yeah. The last thing that we do is a quick fire round, rapid questions. Okay. I'm going to ask you questions and you're just going to give me the first answer that comes into your head. All right. Ready? Yes. Go. Uh, Favorite Brussels neighborhood? Um, More than big. Place du Chatelain or Place Jus de Bal? Jus de Bal. Favorite Brussels restaurant? Uh, The boy thing, the uh, fusion Asian restaurant. Old boy. Old boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, stump or mussels? Mussels. Uh, waffles or pralines? Waffles. Um, Angel or Zwangerigi? Zwangerigi. Yeah, that's it? Yeah. Perfect. Great. <laughs> nice. uh, Surya, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for the invitation. And that's all for today's episode of the Brussels Beer City Podcast. Thanks again to my wonderful guest, to all my listeners, and a special shout out as usual to the excellent illustrators I've worked with on this season of the Brussels Beer City Podcast. Julian Kremer, aka Crump, for the podcast logo, and to Helinda Demarle for this season's wonderful episode artwork. Check them out on Instagram. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do consider leaving a rating and a review. If you want to get in touch, you can email me at owen at beercity.brussels or you can find out more information about me and the podcast at www.beercity.brussels podcast. But until the next time, 
Thanks for listening.